When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. It's a playoff edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-host is Brian Johnson this week. What's up, Charch? Great to talk to you. It's you as well. uh, Yeah, you braved a blizzard to get over here. Yeah, Minnesota, that. this is nothing. It's, that isn't even a blizzard, This is, is like a, a C, a C-grade snowstorm. C-grade, I like it. Okay, it's like the, it's like the C-dart from the old that's, show. That's true. Speaking of grades, we're going to give letter grades for all the meaningful fantasy players coming up in Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's games. I hate the Monday game. Some team... Has you know to you know some winner the winner of this game has got a short week to prepare for next week. It's not fair. Yeah, and then good chance they play a team that was on a bye. Yeah, too, right. Yeah, which is they want that extra. <laughs> and it's Arizona, Los Angeles Rams, which we'll get mm-hmm. to. But yeah, it's uh it's bizarre Bad deal. I don't I don't like it. So two games Saturday, three Sunday, and then the one Monday. Just make it three and three. Yeah, I mean think about the advantage. We want football that, all day long. I I'm, yeah, I'm fine weekend. with that. Yeah, totally. You know. But, what are we gonna do? I, I think it's a mistake, but you know, I I, Agreed. I I don't. You're let's say you're you're Cincinnati and Buffalo, who you know, are the favorites to come out of the Saturday games. They will have a two day rest advantage over some team that played Monday, and I realize it's a different conference, but still, I just I don't like it. Anyway, they like the uh, the ad revenue they'll get. Yeah, I know. That's that's all they care about. That's the thing that matters the most. So this is a very traditional fantasy football weekly in that we're going to break down the games, fantasy style, letter grades, the whole bit. And um, let's start with Las Vegas, Cincinnati, Brian. uh, It feels like to me the Raiders 
just played their Super Bowl yeah. to get into this game, and I'm worried about a big letdown here. Yes. Speaking of a rest advantage, yeah, Las Vegas poured their heart and soul <laughs> right. into a five-quarter game, game on yeah. Sunday night Yes, while the Bengals rested everybody. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that is why the Bengals are a five and a half point favorite uh, over under of 49 points. So th- there should be some points in this game and uh, weather won't be an issue. 32 degrees, nine miles per hour wind. So nothing to be worried about there. These teams actually did play uh, in Las Vegas in week 11. The Bengals rolled the Raiders yeah. 32 to 13 in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to how the Bengals score that many points, but we'll start with the visiting team. That's the Raiders here and Josh Jacobs. Can give him a B, though. The Bengals have allowed 100-plus rushing yards to running backs in three of their last four games. Yes, the Week 18 game, the Bengals yeah, were resting right. everyone. But uh, still, during that same span, opposing backs also averaged four catches per game. So pretty good numbers put up by opposing backs. And where would you guess Josh Jacobs finished in receptions among running backs this year? Well, I know his receptions are way up. I'm And so many backs... Had, got sidelined by injury. I, I bet he's safely inside the top 10 and maybe even top five. Yeah, fifth. Fifth. fifth among running back. So yeah. he, he's proved he can catch the ball. So he'll, he'll see likely 20 touches in this game. He, uh, in that week 11 game, they did get blown out. Like I said, Las Vegas, he had uh, nine carries for 37 yards, no touchdowns, but he did catch five passes in that game. So hopefully a little more production from Jacobs. I'm going to give him a B here. Uh, he's been playing better. I'm going to give Run- Hunter Renfro a B as well. Amazing season yeah, by Hunter really Renfro. I mean, everyone's saying Cooper Cup is fantasy MVP, which he is. He but is. Renfro is second silver medalist, in my opinion. Um, oh, Debo Samuel's a silver medalist. Yeah, the, even though I saw... Over the last like five weeks, he had more carries and targets or something like that. Debo hmm. Samuel. Yeah. But uh, back to Renfro, one of six wide receivers with at least 100 catches, 1,000 yards, and nine touchdowns. Wow. Debo Samuel was not one of those six. It was it was Renfro, yeah. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Talk about All some great oh, players. Oh, but Samuel, you know, but the reason Samuel didn't fall into that is because the rushing isn't part of that. No, understand. And, yeah. yeah, and no, not no knock on uh, Debo whatsoever. But unlike those guys, they had ADPs. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mostly really high. Yeah, Renfro right. did not have an ADP. Uh, I like Renfro this week and give him a B. Cincinnati top twelve in most catches allowed to wide receivers on the season over their last four games. They surrendered a wide receiver touchdown in each one. Just four catches for thirty yards in that week eleven meeting for Renfro, but uh, that's way in the past uh, when it comes oh, to it was Hunter. Only week eleven, it was. But <laughs> I, I don't know. He got so hot. I mean, he was playing well before that, but yeah. he closed the season so hot. I, I expect more from Renfro out of this Agreed. one. So a B for him and a, a starting C grade for Zay Jones, who has seen more targets than Hunter Renfro. How about that? Over the last four games. Back at whoever thought Zay Jones would be a viable oh, fantasy oh, player. We, we were, we were fan, any player. We were shoveling dirt on his, oh, uh, sure. the grave of his career. And just, I think the Bengals will win this game. I think you, you do too, but there's yes. a chance that Zay Jones will meet the Buffalo bills down the line. How oh, juicy of a, a revenge narrative would that yeah. be? But, uh, Again, uh, pretty good numbers given up by the Bengals to wide receivers. And Zay Jones is the clear-cut number two. If you want, you could argue he's the number one option over the last four weeks. So I'm going to give him a a C grade. And uh, Darren Waller returned last week. Just two catches for 22 scoreless yards. Did see nine targets, though. And the Bengals are top five. uh, We're top five in the most catches, yards, and touchdowns surrendered to tight ends. So Mm. Darren Waller, uh, B grade for him. Uh, He's expected to play. I don't see why he would not unless he 
suffers a setback, but uh, he hasn't yet this week and unlikely to over the weekend. So a B for him. And uh, based on all those three starting grades for those receivers, I will give Derek Carr a C. Uh, the Bengals have allowed two touchdown passes in three straight their last three games. Uh, Josh Johnson, Case Keenum in the mix there. So yeah. a two-touchdown floor seems pretty uh, feasible for Derek Carr. All right, over to the Bengals side. Uh, I'll be a little quicker here because these are pretty obvious uh, starting grades for most players. Starting with Joe Mixon, uh, he gets an A. He was practically the entire offense in that blowout win by the Bengals. 30 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Mm. Uh, the Raiders have allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back in five straight games. Nine total touchdowns to the position during that span. Love Mixon, fully rested, fully healthy. He's yeah. the full go. And he needed it. You, you felt like he was wearing down at the end oh, of the year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that week off last week uh, is going to mm-hmm. do him wonders. Uh, speaking of doing wonders, Jamar Chase has been doing that most of the season. Just going to give him a B though. Uh, Oakland has allowed three wide receiver touchdowns over the last two games, uh, but they've been tougher against the position of that than that stat suggests. Uh, Mike Williams did top 100 yards last week against the Raiders, but that was thanks to the, the buzzer beater touchdown and mm-hmm. the full extra quarter of play. Yeah. Before that, no wide receiver had topped 80 yards against Las Vegas since week 12. And on the season as a whole, only four opposing wide receivers managed to top 100 yards. So they've kind of held receivers in check in terms of, you know, hitting their, their ceiling. Yeah. Chase did score in the week 11 matchup, only caught three passes over 32 yards. It was mixing all day uh, in that game, as we just discussed. Uh, T. Higgins going to give him a B as well. Uh, like I, I like Chase just a little more, but Higgins virtually has the same prospects here <laughs> against it is against the Raiders. Um, just two catches for 15 yards uh, against the Raiders in week 11. But again, that was, was all about mixing. And as a reminder, before Chase's week 17 explosion, the T. Higgins was getting notably more work, more balls, and was more reliable than Chase was. And uh, speaking of reliable, um, taking out week 18, none of the starters played for the Bengals. Tyler Boyd had scored in three straight games from week 15 to week 17. Yeah. Um, so he got hot towards the end of the year. He had six catches for 49 yards in that first meeting. So I didn't give him a C. And uh, one more C to give out, C.J. Uzoma. Oh. Uh, I guess that's almost two C's I gave out to the yeah, listeners right. there. Uh, the Raiders were one of three teams to surrender double-digit touchdowns to tight ends. They were also top eight in the most catches and yards surrendered to the position. So That would be bottom eight then. Uh, well, top eight in most catches. Well, it tends <laughs> I, they're top eight in the most, they're, which they're, is a good thing. They're a good rank, thing for their CJ. ranking would put them at the bottom eight. If you're going to rank him, but if we're in terms of the most catches and yards. So if I'm putting most at the top. The worst is ranked number one, then they are top eight. You're making this more confusing I, than it needs I, to I be. I think I probably it's, it's a good thing for CJ Uzo. Okay, that that's one. the important thing. Raiders top eight in the most catches and yards allowed okay. to tight ends. And Joe Burrow, tempted to give him an A. I'm just a little worried this is, turns into more of a mixing game. So just a B here, but a very, very safe B. And of course, there's A upside with Burrow. There is with that elite receiving. There court. is, uh, but I, I still think I'm with you. I still think this game's largely solved on the ground. Do believe there's a chance that Vegas is a kind of a no show for this game. Patriots take on the Bills as the second of the Saturday games, and the key storyline here, without a doubt, is the weather. Four degrees a kickoff. Yeah, that's it. Is the is the current forecast? Um, not much wind, fortunately. Now New England beat Buffalo in the earlier bad weather game. That game was a little bit different in that it was a wind game. It was cold. It was like yeah. 25 degrees, like but it 30 was 40, mile 50, yeah. Yeah, 40 mile an hour winds. So this is a different kind of cold weather game. 
Um, in that game, as you'll remember, they only threw the ball four times and they ran the ball 34 times. And this is going to be a little bit different. But let me warn people, when you get to single digits, that's when the game really turns into molasses. And the passing game effectively is effectively uh, is particularly affected by the cold weather. Mm-hmm. The average passing game in single-digit temperatures going back eight years is 16 completions for 160 yards and 0.2 touchdowns. That's it. And that's going to shape a lot of what you're going to hear here. Now, you may remember the Packers, like three weeks ago, played a cold-weather game against Minnesota. That game went off at 10 degrees, so it did not factor into our the looks of what we saw here, although Aaron Rodgers did put up a, a good fantasy game in that game. Okay. So let's talk about the Patriots side first. Um, the whole passing game is on the bench. You have wow. the cold weather. You've got Mac Jones with no cold weather experience. And then you've got a very good Buffalo pass defense, even without Tredavious White. Since week six, the average passing game against Buffalo is 201 yards and 0.6 touchdowns. <sighs> that feels like if you told, I don't even think, I don't even think Mac Jones is going to get to the 201 yards in this cold of weather and about a coin flips chance of one touchdown sounds right for Mac Jones. And that just, I, that means I don't like any of his receivers anyway. And I wouldn't anyway, even without the weather, I wouldn't like any of them against this defense. So yeah, they're Mac, all dead. Mac, the, the prop is roughly uh, for Mac Jones's passing yards. 150, 184, 184.5. Go under. Oh yeah. I mean, too, but definitely not going to hit 200. Like nope. you said. Uh, okay. So let's go over to the running game. You know, we've seen, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris run the ball a lot in the other the other bad weather game. Harris has been battling this hamstring injury for months now, and he's expected to play in this game. He's on the probable side of questionable, and when he does play, he's pretty bankable if he can just get through the game. He's got get this for Stevens or for Harris, Damian Harris touchdowns in five straight games and touchdowns in nine of his last ten. Wow, that's Damian Harris, by the way. Can I peacock for a minute? Absolutely. There's peacocks in the offseason or postseason. Fantasy football Nine weekly. times. We'll get it there. Always the last one. It's always the last it's one. It's a different board than the regular season. So you may recall that we had a tough question in the preseason. I think it was our final preseason tough question of the year was running backs who can get to 15 touchdowns. The correct answer that I gave you guys was Damian Harris. I was not on that show, but you may not have been. I'm not, not. saying you didn't get it right. Well, I am saying I did. There you go. Uh, I think he had 15. I think he had 15 on the nose, although I could be wrong. Uh, anyway, so back to uh, back to Stevenson and Harris. I believe Stevenson comes into this not on the injury report at all. And that muddies up the works a little bit here. And Stevenson may end up getting more work and he might be the safer play. Um, You may remember that Harris had to leave the previous Buffalo bad weather game early. And maybe a scenario like that plays itself out here. Harris uh, topped 100 yards in both of the matchups with Buffalo this year. Although Stevenson did not play in the second one. Um, And throughout the season, just looking back through Buffalo's run defense, good backs and and power running teams, teams that really tried to run the ball, almost always succeeded against Buffalo. They're a middle of the pack run defense, and that's how they're going to. That's how the Patriots are going to attack with Stevenson and Harris, and yep. that's why they're both B grades. My main concern with Stevenson is he he's 
gotten himself in the doghouse pretty quick several times this season. It felt like, well, like that was earlier in the year. I, I think it's happened like early. at least two or three times. I feel like yeah. he's, he's fumbled. Well, don't early. fumble. Don't fumble. Yeah. Project. And Come even on. in four degree weather, don't fumble. Do not. The ball's an ice cube. Don't fumble. All right, let's talk about the Bills side. I want to go back to the running game, which I believe will be emphasized for both teams. Devin Singletary gets a B game, even though very quiet games in both of the regular season matchups with New England. Uh, right in the ballpark, it was 10 carries and 12 carries in the two games. That's it. And in and only in the 30s for rushing yards. But I think you're going to see a lot more rushing here. Nobody else is doing is really getting any consistent usage outside of Singletary. Not our guy, Zach Moss. That's not, sure. certainly not. And the Patriots' run defense has been gashed down the stretch. Duke Johnson just ran for 117 yards. Two Tennessee backs in the same game topped 100 yards. Jonathan Taylor put up 170 yards. Dearness Johnson, 157 total yards. Wow. So, yeah, this is a Patriots run defense that is not that good, and that's why I'm giving Singletary the B grade. Josh Allen, even though I warned you on how these single-digit temperatures affect the passing game, he's just running so well right now. Get this. He's averaging 68 rushing yards per game over the last five weeks. And I think with the bitter cold weather, he's going to just, I think he's going to run as much as he always has and maybe more. And if you throw out the wind game, um, when these guys met in the second game, he had 100, he had, uh, he had 114 yards and three passing touchdowns in that game. So just one way or another, I think Josh Allen cobbles together a B level grade game here. The only receiver I'm starting is Stefan Diggs and only a C grade. I worry about the cold weather. Also, Buffalo allowed the fewest wide receiver yards, just 112 per game, and the fewest wide receiver touchdowns at just six. That's half of the next closest team. Half. Diggs runs from all over the field, but he most often runs from J.C. Jackson's side of the field, and Jackson is excellent, allowing just 20 yards per game in his coverage. He's given up just three scores all year. As for any of the other Buffalo wide receivers, well, the problem is the Patriots rank number two in wide receiver yards allowed at just 128 per game, and they've given up the six-fewest wide receiver touchdowns. And I'm worried about Sanders, McKenzie, Davis, Beasley. How do they all get fed in bitterly cold conditions? One of them probably does something, but you can't know who's coming. Uh, one of them like needs to be out to and consider they're, they're the other healthy. They're all healthy. They're all yeah. healthy for this game. So I think you sit them all. Same with Dawson Knox. Patriots have been fantastic against tight ends. Only one tight end has cracked 29 yards all year. Knox's two games against New England, just 14 yards and 11 yards with a score. New England only allowed four tight end scores all year. Yeah, uh, Dawson Knox, that goose egg in week 17, that that stung me in many, many leagues. Yeah, yeah. That was bad. He's uh, he's become a little touchdown dependent, whereas pre-injury, he was getting like the five catches, mm-hmm. the six catches, chipping in some yardage, and he was scoring. Now you're just you're just looking to get the touchdown out of Dawson Knox. At least it's been that way of late, and I think it's that way yeah. in this game too. If you're like picking, if you're playing daily, just Saturday only, I, I'd like Uzoma over yeah. Knox I, all day, and I Waller, agree. of course. Yeah, Knox. Not well, is Waller really an oh, uh, an of course at this stage? No, Moreau not, had not a big of, gain last week. Yeah, he did. I don't know. But Waller was coming back. But anyway, we don't like Dawson Knox. No, there are going to be other tight ends you can pivot to, and we'll tell you about them. When we come back in a moment, as Fantasy Football Weekly resumes in just a matter of seconds. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Jarchi and Brian Johnson with you. The Sunday slate, Brian. Three games. Let's start with Philadelphia-Tampa as our next game. Yeah, I, that's the first one on the, yeah. on the docket. Yeah. And windy. They are talking Tampa. about rain and wind. Like high winds, almost pushing 20 miles per hour. That's no, a, no, that's not high winds. 20 miles an hour is not a factor. That is not for not, not for factor. NFL arms. Not for NFL arms. I'm I not worried. It. I am not worried about that part at all. All right. The rain um, sometimes works the advantage of the offense. Uh, slick fields can mm-hmm. be better on the offense than the defense. These teams met. Philadelphia and Tampa met in Week Six. Philadelphia has, I think, one viable pathway to upsetting the Bucks. It's not. A running back by committee. It's not Jalen Hurts throwing the ball to Quez Watkins. It is Jalen Hurts running. Yeah, that's the special thing. If lightning has to strike to get the Eagles to do it, I think Hurts has to have a big rushing yeah, game. He needs that eighty to one hundred rushing yards and one or two touchdowns. I'm with you. Now sure. he scored two touchdowns in the earlier meeting. He can do it, and so he can do it. Now, two weeks ago, on his still gimpy ankle. Hertz ran for 44 yards. You remember he rested last week. So I think that ankle's in really good shape. Near 100% probably at this stage. 
And Tampa's a great run defense, but not against quarterbacks. Nope. Over the past five weeks, Tampa's allowed the most quarterback rushing yards, including a 100-yard game to Josh Allen. So that's why I'm giving Jalen Hurts a B grade. I don't like the passing. I think he's sitting at, he threw for 115 yards in the first game, and I think he's sitting in another game at like the mid-150s here, passing. But, and by the way, check the status of cornerbacks Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. They both got hamstring injuries. Their status is not yet clear. Um, if they don't, both don't go, I like Hurts a little even more than this. You could even upgrade him to an A. But I think the rushing's going to be there for him, but not the passing. And that's why I've only got B, a B grade in Dallas Goddard and a C grade in Devonta Smith, and nobody else gets a grade out of the passing game. Let's talk about Goddard for a second. He has scored in just two games since the opener. I didn't realize it had been so bad for Goddard. Oh. That's not good. But by far the safest of the Eagles receiving targets, he has topped 71 yards in three of the last four games, and his average game since Zach Ertz was traded is a solid 61 yards, which is good by tight end standards. Oh, yeah, you'll take that. Tampa's, Tampa's a middle-of-the-pack tight end defense, uh, but Goddard's better than basically any tight end they've faced all season long. B grade in Dallas Goddard. C grade in Devonta Smith. Um, he may have just completely hit the rookie wall, Brian. Over the past seven games, his average game is three catches, 44 yards, and 0.1 touchdowns. That's not good. No, it's not. So that's it for Devonta Smith and everybody else I've got on the bench. Tampa's run defense is fantastic. No back has topped 83 yards since week seven. Nobody's topped 100 yards all year. Tampa's allowing just 3.9 yards per carry on the season. Um, and then you've got the backfield by committee. Miles Sanders is going to try to play through a broken hand. I don't expect him to be able to catch the ball, so he's not going to help you that way. He probably lands in the 50-ish rushing yard area. But then Jordan Howard um, is expected to return from COVID, and he's uh, out late. He's been out carried by Boston Scott and appears to be third in the pecking order, so I don't have a starting grade on him either, but he's going to be in the mix, and they might give him goal line use. Then there's Boston Scott. His role has been all over the been all over the place, but he's gotten more carries than Howard lately has, and he has scored touchdowns recently. So, but, you know, but that was also in a mop up game last week. So, I just I'm just putting them all on the bench. It's I don't want to worry yeah, about and, it. And they like Kenny Gainwell in the pass game too, and that's really the the best angle for running backs against the Buffs. against but, Tampa. But, it is, but you're not going to trust. Kenny and that, Gainwell in most and that's re, that's part of the reason why I don't have Sanders with a a letter grade is because if the broken hand means he can't catch, that's the one thing that backs can do against Tampa. Yeah, and, and, and pass protection, broken hand, not ideal. Either. No, probably not. <laughs> so, uh, let's go to the Tampa Bay side. A grade on Tom Brady. He's uh, been a huge fantasy factor the past two weeks, even with Godwin and Brown out like they will be in this game. The Eagles' pass defense looks okay on paper, but they've played an insanely soft series of quarterbacks. Get this. Here, I'm going to go going backwards in time. Most recently. Yeah, it's a bad list. Like Heineke, Glennon, Gilbert, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, Trevor Simeon, Teddy Bridgewater. You got to go that far back before they get a good quarterback. Justin Herbert, 356 yards in that game for Justin Herbert. I would contest it's the easiest schedule for a defending Super Bowl champion. And it's not like... Those are all those no, bad that's teams. That's the Eagles. Those are the Eagles uh, opponents. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, those are the Eagles opponents. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people think the Eagles are going to get destroyed in this game is they've they, their wins 
have come across have come against those qual- caliber mm-hmm. of quarterbacks. Gotcha. Uh, Mike Evans is uh, also an A grade. He's top ninety nine yards or scored in eight of the last ten games. Normally a lower volume guy, Mike Evans, but Brown is out. Godwin's out. Ch- Cyril Grayson's out. Evans simply has to be a bigger part of the game plan here. He runs from all parts of the field, but will likely see shadow coverage from the sleigh ride. Sleigh ride. Darius Slay. But the sleighs really operate better in snow, not rain. Slay has been great this year. He's allowed one touchdown since week three and just 28 yards per game in his coverage over the last seven weeks. He was looking pretty cooked last year at times. He was. He was. Getting burned a lot, but uh, he's, yep. he's, bounced he's bounced back. He has bounced back nicely. Rob Gronkowski, also an A grade. He also has to be a big part of the passing game with everybody else hurt. He's playing huge minutes, averaging 90% of the snaps. No other tight end, by the way, is a factor anymore. You know, those days of Cameron Braid and O.J. Howard popping up and, and stealing stuff from him, that's all dead. 10-plus targets in three of the past four games for Rob Gronkowski, and the Eagles have allowed the most tight end touchdowns, 14. Yep. I love Gronk in this game. The, the, the easiest matchup for tight ends this season by far. Mm-hmm. The Eagles were. Leonard Fournette's expected to play. He's been activated from, inj- from injured reserve. Um, we know that Ronald Jones has already been ruled out. So I'm assuming Fournette's going to be able to go. If it's not Fournette, then you're going to get the one-two attack of Le'Veon Bell, who is totally cooked, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Gross. Hopefully it'll be Fournette here. I believe he'll play through his hamstring injury, but it is a tough matchup against a good Eagles run defense, giving up just four yards per game. No back has topped 85 yards since way back in week five against the Eagles. Fournette could be great through the air, though. The Eagles have allowed the second most running back receptions, and Fournette topped six receptions in five of his past six games. So I think Fournette is going to, between running okay and a pretty good passing game, he'll get you to a B grade. It's worth mentioning, though, Giovanni Bernard was designated Active. to return. Yeah. And, uh, not like you should start him, but they do. Like, yeah, they have another game. receiving option, yeah, right? Sure. Right. Um, all the other receivers are on the bench. You could throw a dart at Tyler Johnson or Rashad Perryman or Scotty Miller, but they've all proven themselves to be totally unreliable, even when the team needs them. And there's receivers have missed so much time, but it hasn't mattered. Those guys have done nothing. So we're not starting any of them. Sounds good to me. Let's go to the second game, uh, which is Pittsburgh. It's actually the third game on, on Sunday, but for our purposes, second game. Uh, Pittsburgh taking on Kansas City, Brian. Uh, this game has got, I believe, a 12-and-a-half-point spread. Most people expecting this to be a one-sided affair. Yeah, that spread might be a little light on the Kansas City side, considering these teams played just in Week 16, and the Steelers got spanked 36-10. to 10. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of a repeat performance expected there. But uh, that's why they play the game. We'll see. But uh, not liking a whole lot on the Steelers' side. Uh, starting with Najee Harris, who did practice in full on Friday, now listed as questionable. His status was pretty uncertain earlier in the week. Uh, so assuming he's going to play, I'm going to go under the assumption yeah. he plays on Sunday. Just going to give him a C, though. Uh, not a good matchup. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have allowed just nine total touchdowns to running backs all season, rushing and receiving. Harris did manage to uh, scrape together 110 Combo yards in week 16, no touchdowns. He did, he did have five catches, just 17 receiving yards. So kind of a, a safe mm-hmm. 100 combo yard floor. Uh, touchdown would be nice. But again, he didn't do that week 16. And uh, the Chiefs don't allow a lot of those to running backs. Uh, the Chiefs have surrendered the sixth most 
wide receiver touchdowns, though, uh, with 19. And uh, one of those went to Deontay Johnson in week 16, who I'm giving a B to. Uh, also had six catches, 51 yards in that game. And uh, I would expect a positive game script for the Steelers yeah. uh, pass game, even, even with a Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback who we will mention very briefly uh, in a few moments. Uh, for the rest of the receivers, Chase Claypool, pretty down year for him. I will give him a C, though, averaging seven-plus targets over his last three games. So he should have opportunities yeah. to produce. In a, again, a likely positive game script for the pass game. Just four catches for 41 yards for Claypool in Week 16, but uh, hopefully that's a floor for him. Here and it feels like he hasn't had a good game in forever. And for a guy who last year was a very safe touchdown scorer, Chase Claypool, even running the ball, right? <laughs> Where are the touchdowns this year? Yeah. I, you know, I don't have it in front of me. I'm guessing he's got a, he's had a three touchdown season. I feel like it's more Roethlisberger's fault than Claypool's, but both pretty pretty disappointing. Hey, uh, how about how about here? You know whose fault it might be? Pat Fryer's fault yeah. because they he that guy's turned into an end zone beast. I was about to, I was going to go to Fryer Muth. Uh, he's listed next in my notes, but then I wasn't aware that Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, he's yeah, act, expected to be active for this game, but I don't think he's, I bet he doesn't no. get a ton of time. He's missed half a season. Yeah. I don't think he gets ton, a ton of play here. It was a shoulder injury, though, so he's probably mm-hmm. been staying in shape, not, yeah. not game right. shape. So uh, right. I, I like him more with the upper body injury than returning from the lower body injury, but uh, a bench grade for Juju. We'll see what he does here. Uh, we will consider him next week if the Steelers are still alive. In the unlikely event, still, in the still unlikely alive, event yes. they, they advance. Now, speaking of Pat Fryermuth, you just brought up, he did not play in that Week 16 game. Uh, I think he had uh, the concussion the week before. The Chiefs have not allowed a tight end touchdown since Week 8. And during that same span, only Dalton Schultz managed to top 35 yards in terms of a lone tight end. Mm-hmm. Schultz had 53, so a tough matchup for tight ends. Uh, the Chiefs are. Uh, it's worth noting, I guess, that when Frymuth sat out, I never, never even heard of these guys. Uh, Zach Gentry and Kevin Rader, <laughs> R-A-D-E-R, yeah. uh, combined for five catches for 38 yards. So that's probably a, a safe floor for uh, for Muth, but uh, you would, you'd want a touchdown from him. But uh, again, the, the Chiefs have not been giving a lot of those out to tight ends uh, in the second half of the season. And lastly, for so I'm going to put a bench grade on Fryermuth. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to gauge these grades, too, because it's not like we have the whole league right. we're dealing with. So he's not really a bench, but I'll get a C. He's not, he's not as popular to play as you would think based on name alone. This it's, week, it's tough... I would pay for Rob Gronkowski. If I'm playing, you know, if I'm in DFS, I think if there's a if there's a tight end I'm going to splurge on, I think it's Gronk based on the matchups. Uh, and there's a, a pretty good tight end on the other side of yes, this game is. as well. Yes, uh, so is. we'll get to him in yeah. a second after I say Ben Roethlisberger on the bench. He was in a pre- presser uh, earlier this week. And I thought I'd heard it. It was taken out of context. Him saying we don't have a chance, but well, quite I literally said like, tongue in cheek. I'm sure. I don't know. I think he's. Still, I think he was pissed. He had to cancel his Cabo vacation or whatever. Put it off, but uh, he's on the bench. Just 159 passing. Yards How about Tomlin one. falling asleep during the Sunday night game? That would be that would decide whether you're in or out of the playoffs. How do you do that? He probably was just assuming they were going to do the tie thing too, and didn't uh, maybe make the extra effort yeah. to stay awake. But yeah, that was, that was pretty funny to hear. Uh, he he did that. Uh, all right, over to the Chiefs side. Clyde edwards alaire uh, not going to play, mm-hmm. and uh, that that definitely clears. Uh, unmuddies the water at running back. So Daryl Williams going to give him a B uh, with that news in week 16. I think this was the game where CEH got hurt. 
Uh, he had nine carries for 27 yards and a touchdown. Then Williams came in. He had 11 carries, 55 yards, and then three catches, 30 yards. Give that all to Williams, and that's a, a solid B grade, yeah. in my opinion, in a game where the Chiefs are probably going to control the clock for the most part. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the running running game uh, for the, the Chiefs. Uh, over to the pass game, um, Tyreek Hill. Just obvious, eh? Obvious, eh? Only two catches for 19 yards in that week 16 game, but he was coming off of he was COVID. At COVID. That was the bit. So, and they rest and they got up early and they just rested Hill the rest of the game. Um, Pittsburgh has been tougher against wide receivers as of late over the last five weeks. They're bottom five in yards allowed to wide receivers. That means the least amount of yards allowed to the position. Uh, but during the that top five. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but during that same pan, uh, pan span, uh, Kansas, or I'm sorry, Pittsburgh has surrendered five wide receiver touchdowns. Three of those went to Kansas City's Byron Pringle and Nicole Hardman. Yeah. So I'm going to give both you of them the You know about Byron Pringle. I know. I, I always prefer Pringle over Hardman. Yep. Whenever I like decide to roll with one of these guys in daily or something, I'm always on the wrong, always flip the wrong, or you know, choose the wrong side of the coin, however you want to put it. So they both get a C. I'm not sure. Who's going to produce here? Odds are both of them won't again now that Tyreek Hill is fully healthy. But I, I like Pringle a little more, uh, just like you. Pringle had two catch, uh, two touchdowns in that game. Hardman had the one. Pringle also had also had twice as many catches as Hardman in that Week 16 game. So uh, we'll give him the stronger C out of those two. Uh, Travis Kelsey. We were talking about a pretty good tight end on yeah. the other side of this game. That is him. Uh, he did not play in Week <laughs> 16. Say. He had COVID. He was uh, on the COVID list for that one, but still an A for him. Were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Still an A, despite the fact the Steelers have only allowed two tight end touchdowns all season. Um, I'm sorry, four tight end touchdowns all season, but two of those came in week 17 uh, recently against Cleveland. Uh, Noah Gray and Blake Bell combined for three catches and 23 yards for Kansas City in week 16. That does not count. With Kels on the shelf. You no, know, yeah, Kelsey will do much better. He, he's an obvious A grade, and of course, so is Mahomes, who had 258 and three in that week 16 game with no Kelsey yeah. and a limited Tyree kill. So you got to love Patty Mahomes here. When we come back, we'll get to the other Sunday game, San Francisco and Dallas, and then the Monday nighter, uh, which is Arizona taking on the Rams when we return Fantasy Football Weekly. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Final segment, Fantasy Football Weekly. Uh, Niners take on the Cowboys in the middle of the Sunday slate of games. And I believe, so just in, to be transparent, I'm not a believer in the Cowboys. I And I'm going to give you some reasons why. You're going to hear me leaning you towards the Niners. And you can decide if you think I'm right or wrong. It's it, It'll be, you You can make that call if you want to. I want to start with the, uh, the 49ers side. Uh, beginning with the running game. I love Elijah Mitchell here. Oh, I thought you were going to start with Debo Samuel. The don't tempt game. me. Yeah, the running <laughs> game, because he does siphon off about five carries a game. But you know, the funny thing is, Mitchell is still a freaking workhorse. Whenever he's active, not only do they play him, they pound him. Averaging 24 carries per game in the second half of the season. Wow. In 24 Dallas sees an average of 25 carries per game. So the volume's going to continue for Mitchell. And even in losses, like the loss in Seattle in week 13, 22 carries. Even when the Niners are behind early, like last week against the Rams, 21 carries. So there's no game script in which Mitchell flops. He gets tons of work. He's averaging almost five yards per carry. He runs behind the NFL's number one ranked run-blocking offensive line. A grade. For Elijah Mitchell All right, in like this it. game on volume alone. Elijah. Elijah Mitchell. So De- Debo Samuels, I mentioned, siphons off some work. And between what he's art, what he's proven he can do in the passing game, to me, it's just an obvious A. And I'm just going to move on. And let's move to other parts of the passing game that I think are more salient, including Jimmy Garoppolo. One, of two tu- one or two touchdowns in nine straight games for Garoppolo. So he gives you the safe floor, but the limited ceiling. Topped 300 yards in back-to-back games coming into this week. The thing about Garoppolo is that he needs to get the ball. Just all he's got to do, just get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon, I could just let them go. That's all he's got to do. And he could put together a decent game here, which is why I've got to be great on him. The Cowboys have played a lot of just middle-of-the-road quarterbacks. Sam Darnold, Bridgewater, Glennon twice, Ryan Heineke twice. Good quarterbacks almost always fare well. I mean, Garoppolo, to me, is a, a average to good quarterback. That's it, and he's going to be fine, and he's going to get his yards in this thing. 
Uh, George Kittle, be great. Uh, Dallas is a very good tight end defense. Only two tight end touchdowns allowed in the last 10 games. No opposing tight end is top 48 yards in the last seven games, but he's George Kittle. So I'm still putting a B grade on him, even in a tough matchup, because he's great when he's healthy, and he is right now. Brandon Ayuk, also B grade. He runs from every spot on the field and his plus matchups in all of those spots, including against Trayvon Diggs, ostensibly Dallas's best cornerback. You know where I'm going with this, Brian, because we say it pretty much every fantasy football weekly. Trayvon Diggs has the most interceptions in the league and the most yards allowed in his coverage. He's the only player in the NFL that's given up a thousand receiving yards in his coverage. Trayvon Diggs does not worry me. Anthony Brown, another cornerback, he's allowed the fourth most yards in his coverage. So Brandon Ayuk's going to be fine too. B grade on him and a C grade on Juwan Jennings. An increasing snap count in four straight games, scored twice last week, and I don't trust Dallas to defend uh, the wide receiver position. So if you need a dart throw, Jawan Jennings is somebody you can use. I like it. Now I'll talk about why Dallas worries me. Dak Prescott feels like he's rolling into this game red hot, Brian. But his four-touchdown game three games ago was against Washington's COVID-ravaged defense. Does not count. His five-touchdown game last week was against Philly Scrubs. They didn't play any starters. That does not count. This week, I fear that he reverts to the guy he was in November and December, which was very inconsistent. San Francisco's allowed one or two touchdown passes in six straight games and no more than two touchdowns in any game since the opener. I feel like the upside on Dak is two touchdowns. The downside is zero. Only one quarterback has topped 243 yards against San Francisco since the opening game. Wow. 243 is nothing. The San Francisco pass defense is sneaky good. And that's why I've got just a C grade on Dak Prescott and a C grade on his receivers. So you've got Amari Cooper, finally healthy. He's gotten 11, 7, and 7 targets the last three games. But again, two of those three games don't count. And the game surrounding the Washington COVID game and the uh, the Philadelphia backup scrub game, Amari Cooper had a two-catch, eight-yard game and a three-catch, 18-yard game. Ugh. And I, his downside is terrible. Opposing number one receivers have had consistent success against the Niners, but who is the number one receiver for Dallas? Cedric Wilson. You wonder, don't you? <laughs> CD seems Lamb. like it the last yeah. few, few weeks. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I would still say CD. I would too. Uh, CD Lamb is also a C grade. Seven game scoreless streak for CD Lamb. Gross. During which his average game is four and a half catches, 53 yards. Obviously scoreless. With Gallup out, he's running from the outside, which is better because that's where he played in the first half of the season when he was electrifying. So he's back outside now. Cedric Wilson's on the inside. Wilson runs from the slot almost exclusively. He's been pretty reliable with Gallup out, three scores in the last two games, um, but he needs touchdown because touchdowns because his volume is pretty low, but he's a dart throw and a C grade for Cedric Wilson as well. And lastly, Dalton Schultz. San Francisco is a fantastic tight end defense. On average, giving up just three catches for 29 yards and 0.2 touchdowns per game, so I can't like Schultz here. And Schultz has got to share some of those 29 yards with Blake Jarwin, and that's not good. So there's your passing game for Dallas and why I'm nervous about Dallas in this game, and I think they're going to lose, even though they're favored by four. Uh, let's talk Zeke and Pollard, and then I'll, I'll wrap up this game. All right. Um, like all season, you need a touchdown from Zeke because his yardage against teams who are playing their starters, 
again, which was two of the last three games nobody was, is terrible. Uh, since week eight, his average game in those games, 39 rushing yards and 19 receiving yards. That's Brutal. it. 49ers finished sixth against the run. Aside from the Travis Homer fake punt, no runner is top 58 yards since week nine against the Niners. I don't much like Zeke, just a C grade. We'll hope for a touchdown. And for Tony Pollard, uh, completely off the injury report. So that's nice with the foot injury. Um, you could use him as a wild card, just knowing that he's going to get some touches and he's got more big play potential than Zeke has. But again, San Francisco is good against the run. Just a C grade for Tony Pollard. All right, you get to wrap it up, my friend. All right. Monday nighter, Arizona taking on the Rams. First Monday night football game in NFL history, and we hate it. We hate playoff that. game? Uh, yeah, yeah, playoff game, yep. of course. Uh, Arizona at the Rams, these teams' divisional rivals, so that means they play twice, of course. Uh, once, uh, the first game in week four, L.A. won 37-20. to 20. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Arizona won in L.A. 37-20. to 20. Then in week 14, L.A. won in Arizona 30-23. to 23. So we'll reference both those games here, of course. Uh, we'll start with the running backs for the Cardinals. Very dicey situation right now Yeah, with James Conner. Pretty like much a game Connor's time. not going to go. He hasn't practiced all week. He's right? a game time decision uh, with this rib Guys injury. Guys don't practice all week have got like a 5-10% chance of playing. Yeah, it's Probably unlikely he plays. Uh, he and Edmonds did both play in week in the week four game. Uh, Edmonds had 12 carries, 120 yards, uh, no touchdowns. Connor had 50 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Connor's, Connor somehow manages to play, I'll give both a C. But we're kind of going under the assumption Connor is out. So if Edmonds is the lone back, I'm not too worried about Eno Benjamin or whatever yeah. that other dude's name is. I'm going to give him a B in this game because uh, I think it's easier. The Rams are a great defense, but they're a little easier to run on mm-hmm. than, than to pass on. So I'll give uh, Edmonds a B if Connor is out, which it's looking like that will be the case. Um, over to the pass game, Christian Kirk. Just a C for him. The Rams are really thin at safety. So thin, they've lured Eric Weddle out of retirement. Yeah, crazy. He's been out of the league for like two years yeah. at least, something like that. wonder if he's kept his beard growing all that time. Uh, probably not. He better shave that. Uh, but anyway, but the Rams, not thin at cornerback uh, with Jalen Ramsey and company. But that said, L.A. has surrendered three wide receiver touchdowns over the last two weeks and two 100-yard wide receiver performances. Uh, those went to just, Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk, and neither of them scored any of the said three touchdowns that I just or just <laughs> mentioned. So production has been coming from the wide receivers against the Rams, but uh, Kirk hasn't produced really against L.A. this season. In week four, just one catch for five yards. DeAndre Hopkins was, was probably yeah, healthy that's, that's for that game. In week 14, Kirk did manage 86 yards, but just on three catches. So uh, not a very high ceiling for Kirk in this one, I think. And Kirk's had a bunch of positive matchups in December that he has not really cashed in on, unfortunately. Yep, nah, not at all. Uh, and A.J. Green, I mean, he's he's been the corpse of A.J. Green most of the season, but likely he's two best games of the year have come against the Rams. In week four, he had five catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Week 14, he had seven catches and 102 yards. So wow. uh, a, a C grade mm-hmm. for A.J. Green uh, based on those numbers. And uh, Kirk probably draws – Kirk and uh, Zach Ertz probably draw more attention than uh, Green will in this game. So I like Green with the C. Uh, speaking of Zach Ertz, I'm going to give him a C as well. The Rams have allowed the third fewest tight end touchdowns all year, just four. But opposing tight ends have averaged more than five catches and 50 yards against L.A. this year. So Ertz should have a fairly safe uh, – floor in PPR. He did have uh, in week four, he was still on the Eagles and not face the Rams in that one, but he did have five catches 
42 yards in the week, 14 games. So that's about nine, 10 PPR points. Uh, we'll take that from our tight end any day. And uh, lastly, for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Gonna give him a B. Uh, he will need just like Jalen Hurts. He's gonna need like he's a full on dual, dual yep, threat agreed. game. Uh, but he wasn't running earlier in the year. But he has uh, run a lot more since returning from injury in Week 13. Since then, Murray has averaged 46 rushing yards per game, mm-hmm. and that number is heavily suppressed by his three rushing yards in that fluky loss to the, the yeah. Lions. So, um, really averaging closer to 60, 70 rushing yards over the last five, six weeks. So, uh, I like Murray with a B here. He has had good games uh, in both meetings with the Rams. Uh, 268 and two, added 39 rushing yards in week four. Then he threw for 383 yards in week 14, had mm. 61 rushing yards in that one against LA. So, a uh, B for Kyler Murray. It's all going to be, he's going to have to carry the, the team on his shoulders for Arizona to have any chance. All right. Man, I agree. Some thorny I, games that we're getting. This is like a full episode. I, 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 like, I, 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 it really is. Um, were you going to say something? Sorry. No, it's just the parallel with Kyler Murray, Murray and Jalen Hurts to me is very, it really is very similar. Yeah. I think they have to be special and a lot of it has to come on the ground. Now, Murray is a far better passer than Jalen Hurts, so he can be special through the air, but mostly for the last I don't know, since Thanksgiving, he hasn't been that special through the air. They've been letting him run more. And I I do like Murray on the ground to have a a pretty nice game here. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Speaking of on the ground, let's talk about the Rams running back, starting with Sony Michelle. Yeah. Going to give him a C uh, because uh, Cam Akers is back. We'll mention him. Uh, We'll talk about him in a minute. I don't think Akers Akers is going to get much work. Do you? We'll talk about him in a second. Let's talk about Sony first. Uh, Arizona has allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns to running backs uh, this season, just six Mm -hmm. and just one receiving touchdown to the position as well. So uh, that's not great, but uh, opposing running backs are averaging nearly 140 combo yards per game against Arizona. So it's not the worst matchup for Sony Michelle. I would be giving a B, but I'm a little worried uh, about Cam Akers who says he feels hundred percent. Of course, he's going to say that. Yeah, but he did have five carries last week and three catches. That's, you know, eight opportunities, eight touches taken away away from Sony, taken away from Sony. And one would think he's going to expand at least 10 10 to 12. So that's a significant amount of work that uh, Sony's going to concede to Cam Akers, who is the better running back when, when healthy, when healthy, but that's a big, the, the Achilles injury normal. It takes a long time to get right. This is not like, other kinds of injuries. So, so bench I'm, grade for Acres, though. You got to bench him. All right, good. See what we We're got on the there. Same page, yes. But uh, I think we do see uh, him. He's bumping Sony down from a B to a C, though, for me. Um, Cooper Cup, though, he's an A, uh, as, as he has been all year. Uh, the week four meeting, the first meeting, might have been his worst game of the year when he had five catches for 64 scoreless yards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 11.4 points, uh, his worst game of the year. That's pretty crazy. But then in week 14, went off 13 catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown against the Cardinals. So easy A for Cooper Cup. Uh, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., going to give him a C. The Cardinals surrendered the most wide receiver touchdowns this year, 27. Mm. Uh, but they allow just 13 catches, 150 yards per game to wide receivers as a whole. Uh, which is not awful in terms of fantasy production, but it's not very good either. It's pretty much middle of the road. And uh, OBJ and Van Jefferson, kind of the same player at this point in in, in their career, at least with uh, OBJ just, you know, limited time with the Rams. So we're going to give he and Van the C. Van Jefferson scored in both meetings uh, with uh, against the Cardinals. In week four, he had six catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. And I believe Robert Woods was still healthy 
yeah. in that game. Yep. And then in week 14, uh, 58 yards and a touchdown for, for Van Jefferson. So like him with a C. I do not like Tyler Higby, though. Uh, he is on the bench. The Cardinals allowed just two tight end touchdowns all season. Mm. And only two tight ends managed to top 50 yards against them all year. Wow. George Kittle had 101. And then Dalton Schultz had 54. Only That's two it. tight That's ends it. to top 50 okay. yards. Uh, uh, Higby did not play in the week 14 game. And in week four, he had four catches, 36 yards. That's probably his floor and his ceiling yeah. in this game. What a disappointing uh, season for Higby. Sure. Yeah. Man, people thought, you know, we spent the whole offseason talking about if you put Higby and Gerald Everett together, you've got a top five tight end. Oh, ironically well, enough, somehow, Everett had a better year. He probably did. With Seattle. He yeah. probably did. And, you know, Higby, it, I don't understand how that passing game in Cooper Cup was so good, but that should have all come out of Tyler Higby. You know, I just, I don't know how it happened that Higby wasn't able to be a bigger part of this offense. Yeah. He was a disappointment for sure. And uh, lastly, Matt Stafford kind of got this toe issue going on. Uh, I think he should be fine to play Monday night. Can you give him a B? He had 280 and two in week four, 287 and three touchdowns in the week 14 game. He's got Cooper cup. He's got Odell Beckham. He's got, he'll be, He'll be okay. just fine from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Safe B. You know, he's been playing. You know, Stafford. Stafford has made some bad mistakes in the last month, some really bad passes. He almost gave the, the Vikings game away. Uh, ugly, ugly pass against Baltimore. Interception, pick six. It's, you know, it, it'll be fascinating to see what Stafford does. Is there any player with more pressure in the playoffs than Matthew Stafford? You were brought in to be the guy who would elevate a playoff team to a Super Bowl team. They gave up first round picks to get you. Good point. Um, it is there's a lot on and you know, Matthew, it's not like Matthew Stafford's got a big track record in the playoffs. No, they they so, said that one one year when one uh, year. Dez caught it. Yep. That was the Dez caught it year, right? When he didn't catch it, I it, believe. Correct. Calvin Johnson then too. Yes. And we love Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, but neither of them are Calvin Johnson. <laughs> Really? Cooper Cup okay. is, I mean, look, Calvin Johnson's amazing. I'm not yeah, taking anything away from no, and, and really, The comparison with Cooper Cup by just like output, it's actually very similar. And I think the last receiver to hit the triple crown was Calvin Johnson that year from Matthew Stafford. Now here's Cooper Cup from Matthew Stafford. Yeah. So he, like you said, a lot of pressure on him to get pressure. it done. And uh, yeah. I think he will, though. But it, this should be a good game, even though it's on Monday night, which is dumb. Yeah, no, we don't like that part. Uh, thanks, Brian. Yeah. Appreciate everybody listening. You got to the end of the, uh, a long episode and it did. We, we thought that I thought this was going to be like 30 minutes or going an hour. Good heavens. Well, six games. That's almost, that's, that's almost half our slate yeah, of fantasy football much. weekly slate. Yeah. It's All right. Crazy. What are the three tough questions now? Yeah, right. No, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, thanks for getting to the end of a long show. We'll talk to you next week. We'll break down another six games as we get into the divisional round next week. Uh, talk to you then everybody. Best of luck. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love 
transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.